particular piece of legislation. It is the strongest anti-rioting pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. So this bill actually prevents against local governments defunding law enforcement. We'll be able to stop it at the state level. This bill gives us the tools to make sure that that doesn't happen. If we saw last summer, some of the local governments are actually telling, not necessarily in Florida, but throughout the country, basically telling these folks to stand down, telling police to stand down while cities burnt, while businesses were burnt, while people were being harmed. Uh, that's a dereliction of duty. And so what our bill says that I'll sign into law today is that if you're derelict in your duty as a local government, if you tell law enforcement to stand down, then you're responsible for the damage that ensues. And if someone's been harmed or their property has been destroyed, then they can sue you for compensation. We also saw around the country people toppling monuments of people like George Washington. Uh, this bill protects all monuments in Florida. You have no right to go in and take down monuments. We're not going to let the mob win the day with that. bill also includes liability for mob intimidation. And if you think about it, we saw images of people just sitting outside eating at a restaurant, and then you have this crazed mob circle around them and start screaming and really intimidating. Uh, I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. You're going to be held accountable. Mind your own business and leave people alone if they're not bothering you. And then finally, and probably maybe most importantly, if you riot, if you loot, if you harm others, particularly if you harm a law enforcement officer during one of these violent assemblies, you're going to jail. And Yossi, I know how proud you are of the people of Japan are. And uh, you've got a Japanese boy coming over here, and guess what? He won the Masters. He won the Masters. He won the green jacket. And Matsuyama was the first Japanese player. Today, up to 75% of all emerging diseases come from animals. And as we are cutting down forests and destroying habitats, we are creating the ideal conditions for diseases to spill over from one animal to another and then to us. And we can no longer separate the health crisis from the ecological crisis. And we cannot separate, separate the ecological crisis from the climate crisis. It's all interlinked in many ways.
All right, good to see everybody. Hope that you are doing good. I hope you're trusting in the Lord. I hope that your life is going the way that it's supposed to be going according to the Word of God. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. Take control of your life. That's Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Take control of your life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Never stand to be oppressed or depressed. Never stand any of that. Take control. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear, hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land and turn from their sin. I forgot that part of the verse. So there you go. It's, we need to be, we need to be, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen on the verse. Those are the things that we need to be doing right now. This is not time for sheepish action. This is not time for the false love, progressive Christian message. It is time to stand in the Word of God. How's everybody doing tonight? Just a couple names. Hey, Donna, I'm glad you're watching. I see Jason watching. Josh watching. God bless you, Phyllis. I see you watching. Thank you, guys. Hey, Phil, I'm glad you're watching. Rosalie, God bless you. I've seen your name so many times. Appreciate you. Hey, Karen. Hey, Wayne. Hey, Vanessa T., love you. God bless you. Hey, Deb, glad you're on. Emma, glad, Esma, glad you're on. Hey, Ricky, glad you're on. Cheryl, glad you're on. Joshua, God bless you guys. Deb, glad you're on. Hey, lots of other names. I really do appreciate you guys. God bless you. Seriously, thank you so much for being with me. All right, we're going to hop right into Columbus, Ohio, the latest controversial police shooting, which by the way, right here, and most of you know that are watching, but I was a cop myself, 1992 to 2017, 25 years in a day straight as a law enforcement officer right here in Sarasota County, Florida. This is the most justifiable shoot I've ever seen on video live ever. The second most justifiable was the one up in Atlanta that the guy, the cop is being tried for his life right now under felony murder charge. The cop who shot the guy who was trying to tase him in the face. That was the second most justifiable shooting, both of which are completely and totally justifiable according to the training that's been received. And according to all use of force matrix, both of them are completely and totally justifiable. It is what it is. And a lot of people will accuse me. I got accused of this yesterday on social media of being a sycophant for law enforcement. If you ever, if you watch this podcast, you will know that's a bold-faced lie. There's nobody who's called out law enforcement more than I have, even as an ex-law enforcement officer. I've called out all these COVID... tyrannical law enforcement agencies and law enforcement officers who are going around and enforcing unconstitutional COVID law. Nobody's been harder on than I have. And those officers are cowards. If you're enforcing mask mandates and social distancing and COVID curfews, you are a coward who has not took up your mantle. And when you swore, swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, you swore that you would not violate that. That's the vi- those things, COVID, COVID curfews, mass mandates, lockdowns, social distancing, are all a violation of the first, fourth, and fourteenth amendment. If you're if you're enforcing those laws, you yourself are criminal because they're non-constitutional. So there's nobody who's called out cops more than I have with those things, but there's also a lot of good cops out there too. The majority of cops are good cops. Now, there's been a mass exposure of cops that are full of themselves, full of power, namely some in the United States and a lot in Canada, namely Ontario and Canada, which hopefully we'll have, get, we'll have more video out of there. We'll hopefully we'll have time to get to that. All right, to Columbus, Ohio, Jewish deplorable tweet. 
Body cam footage out of Columbus, Ohio. Turns out the cop actually saved an innocent black life by shooting a knife-wielding girl who was about to stab her. Show the video. Here you go, cops approaching. Is there volume, is there volume on this? You can actually see the knife on the ground in different portions of the video. There it is. Well, it may not be the knife, but the knife is on the ground. All right, back to me. All right, so there you go. It's as clear as day. There's also still footage out there of the 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 girl. Everyone just said that initially came out that she was 15. She's actually 16. Her name is Micaiah Bryant. She came out attacking the girl in the pink, uh, the pink with a butcher knife out of the kitchen. And there's actually still photos of her with the knife in her hand coming back to stab the other girl in the pink uh, sweatsuit. The officer did exactly what he's supposed to do. Now, you have the idiots out there like uh, Juan Williams from Fox News and Geraldo Rivera talking about tasers. You can't tase. People, I mean, it's amazing to me that people who have never shot a taser in, the life or in their life who have ever been tased. I've been tased, and I've shot a taser. There, you can't use a taser in that scenario. First of all, the cop's gun is already out, as it should be, because you do not react to deadly force with non-deadly force. That's the guy's training out of the Columbus Police Department. He came out, he saw a knife, he drew his firearm. Now, as the suspect is wielding back, there's still photos of her like this, wielding back to stab the other girl. What's he supposed to do? Reholster his gun, Juan Williams, in Geraldo Rivera. Reholster his gun, pull out his taser. Actually, Juan Williams, what he said was he should have, he should have shot a warning shot into the air first. Halt in the name of the law. Who, I mean, who are these people? You know who they are. They're people that have lived in Washington, D.C. their whole life being bootlicked and butt-kissed. They've never been on a police call in their life. That officer did exactly what, exactly what he was trained to do and exactly what he was supposed to do. Even Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon backed him up last night on CNN. Absolute truth. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He's what your deadly force is to be used in the protection of your life or the life of another Dumbos. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. All right, here's another angle of it from Matt Walsh. Play it for me. Oh, I have video with that too. See if you can find the video that's supposed to be in there. Let's see if we can find it. All right, let's go to the next one. If you can, Aaron, see if you can find it. It's on uh, Telegram, and let's see if we can get it because it's really good. All right, let's go. Uh, Lisa, uh, Lacey Crisp tweet, uh, tweet, Micaiah had a motherly nature about her. That's the, that's the attacker with a knife. She promoted peace, said the 16-year-old girl's mother. Play it for me. Micaiah was named after a male prophet in the Bible. She was a very loving, peaceful little girl. She was 16 years old. She was an honor roll student. And um, Micaiah had a motherly nature about her. She promoted peace. And that's something that I want to always be remembered. Okay, is any of that true? Absolutely not. Oh, you got it, Aaron, play it for me. Here's another angle of the shooting from across the street. So you see the cop approaching. Listen to the audio. 
That is exactly what is supposed to happen. Whether you like it or not, whether you think that's brutal or not, it doesn't matter. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. You ever responded to a call like that? I have. All right, so it is what it is. And all these people have never, ever dealt with that before in their life. They're like, now, now what would have happened if you didn't do anything? If you just sat back and allowed that girl, then he'd be getting crucified for not doing anything. And I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to hear this throughout the podcast tonight. To all my law enforcement brethren and people that aren't law enforcement that are living in cities controlled by Democrats, Columbus is controlled by Democrats, Minneapolis is controlled by Democrats, Portland controlled by Democrats, Detroit has a great police chief, but controlled by Democrats. If you are in any of these cities at all, and many others, all of California, Atlanta, many, many others, you have got to resign today. I'm telling you that these Democrats will try you and convict you for doing absolutely nothing wrong, just like just like the cop who shot the guy in the Wendy's parking lot up in Atlanta when the guy stole his taser after physical confrontation with the cop and tried to cut, shoot the cop in the face with the taser. That guy's on trial for his life for felony murder under Keisha Bottoms, mayor of Atlanta. You've got to get out now. People are like, no, you know, we, we want to try to save our city. Oh, go ahead. You know, the people that you're trying to save are the ones who will try you for doing nothing, convict you for doing nothing, sentence you to 25, 30, 40 years in prison for doing nothing. And those same people that you're trying to save will sleep like babies at night. Let them have what they want. Let Portland have what it wants. Let Jacob Fry and Minneapolis have what they want. They want no cops. Let them have it. We'll have our states with cops. And they, they're, then in, unless you're willing to come in and submit to that, you can't live in that state. And they can have their states and cities with no cops. That's fine. They've, remu- they've removed qualified immunity from the NYPD. In other words, a cop can be sued for causing somebody to have a boo-boo on their feelings. You can't be a cop anymore in these cities. You can't live in these cities anymore. Move to a place that is controlled by conservatives and then vote conservative. Don't move here and then come and try to defund the police. If you're, if you're from New York, we have vast swaths of people moving to Florida right now from New York. Don't come here and vote in Andrew Gillum type politicians. Don't do it. Just get your butt, turn around, go back to New York and live in the mayhem that you have voted in year after year after year. No, Tom, there's conservatives that live there. Listen, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Listen, it doesn't matter if you listen, if you are foolish enough to stay in those areas. And I know maybe some of you have absolutely no choice. I don't know about that though. It's radical times call for radical actions. I can flat out tell you, I would not be policing in Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, Atlanta. No way. No way. I I served under great sheriffs down here, served uh, under great governors. There's no way I would serve as a law enforcement officer knowing that any moment I could be tried and convicted for something I never did and spend 10, 15 years locked up in prison while those who falsely accuse me sleep like babies at night and march in Black Lives Matter rallies. No way. 
If you're, think, if you're wondering, is he talking about Chauvin? I am to a degree talking about Chauvin. I am not crazy about how Derek Chauvin handled that call or the rest of the Minneapolis police officers that were around him. But he was, listen, Derek Chauvin was charged in three different ways for the same act. I mean, what, how much more of an assault can you do on a person without actually having to call the, the rape uh, crimes victims unit? I mean, how much more can you assault the guy? He was charged with second degree murder for the alleged killing of George Floyd, third degree murder for the killing of George Floyd, manslaughter for the killing of George Floyd. How do you do that? I've never seen that before. That's like charging somebody with burglary, first degree burglary, accessory to burglary. I mean, no, you, you charge the person what they did. They charged them three different ways for the same crime. He's absolutely not guilty at all of third-degree murder or second-degree murder. If you squeeze anything in at all, it would be a manslaughter charge, a culpable negligence manslaughter charge. But the problem is this, even with that, even with that, how do you charge somebody for asphyxiating somebody to death when they didn't asphyxiate them to death? Uh, Where do you get that from, Tom? Well, just the coroner the medical examiner that testified in the Chauvin trial. He said that George Floyd had 98% oxygen saturation in his lungs. In order to have a great saturation level in your lungs is 95 to 100%. He was at 98% saturation. So to asphyxiate somebody would mean you had to be causing the lungs and the heart to not be able to oxygenate blood. Whether it's by a chokehold or a strangulation, you can't oxygenate blood that way. Hence the reason why, so how can you have asphyxiation without asphyxiation? So how did did he kill George Floyd exactly? I don't think he handled the police call right, but did he kill George Floyd? Or is the fact that George Floyd had three times, not, not the regular level of fentanyl, if there is a regular level, George Floyd had three times the lethal amount of fentanyl in his blood. Three times the amount that it takes to kill a person in his blood, as well as fentanyl tablets in his car that had his saliva in it on him. His DNA was on him. So they were in his mouth at some point, too. So he took a whole bunch, was taking more, spit them out in the car. So what exactly? I mean, I want you to think about it. Can a knee to the back of the neck asphyxiate somebody? Strangle them for all intents and purposes. Can it? Uh, How? Okay, George Floyd had no damage to his body whatsoever. None. No bruises on his neck. His, his neck was not broken. Where are your arteries that would cause you to be asphyxiated? Right here. Right here. There's two of them. Your, your carotid arteries are right here. How would you cut those off with a knee to the back of the neck? Which also, a defense expert came up and said, you can't. At most, you might be able to cut off one. But there, the other one would kick in. The other one would still be functioning. So you can't asphyxiate. If you ever notice, if you watch the UFC, when somebody does a choke, a choke hold, when they do it, you know, whether it's a darts choke or whatever, they're cutting off both carotid arteries. That didn't happen. So how, how explain to me how, how Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. He just convicted him of second-degree murder. This could carry up to 40 years in prison. Third degree murder. How did he kill, and the last one, manslaughter with culpable negligence. So explain to me how Derek Chauvin killed him. 
That's all I want to know. Not whether he's a bad guy. And remember, for months and months and months prior to this, or I mean, after George Floyd died, it was race, 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 race. It was a racist cop killing a black man. Why did race never come up one time in the trial? Not one time. And you're back to my original point. And you're going to work in these cities? There's plenty of cop jobs in Texas and in Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, and any other conservative state that you can name. So don't work up there. They just they just found this guy. They charged him three different times for the same three different ways for the same act. And found him guilty in all three. You're gonna work in that city with Jacob Fry? Joe Biden, I'll get to this on Saturday, just unleashed the federal government into Minneapolis under Merrick Garland, our new attorney general, who's doing a federal investigation into the possible racist actions of the Minneapolis Police Department. You're going to work there? You're going to live there? Absolutely. I would I would absolutely never, ever live there. All right, next one up, Starscream. There you go. Columbus has toppled. Now, here is like an aunt or a cousin of, of Micaiah. And, and you can just look, look at the attitude here. And remember, remember the video that I just showed, the videos that I just showed you. Now, look at the attitude here. And you're going to work there or live there? Play it for me. You ain't going to have my niece go out like that. You ain't going to have her go out like that. Either you report the truth or don't report nothing. Okay? She was a good kid. She was loving. Yeah, she had issues, but that's okay. All of us go through shit. She's a child. You know what? She was 15 motherfucking years old. She deserved to die like a dog on the street. Okay? She didn't. What happened? I mean, see the total delusion? Oh, I want to save save these people. I want to stay and work there. I want to stay and live there. I want to try to save my hometown of Columbus. Why? If he didn't shoot her, he'd be crucified for not saving the other girl. And he does shoot her, saves the other girl, and is crucified anyway by absolute stupid people like this woman. What did she say that was accurate? What, what was the one thing she said that was accurate? There is not one thing. She wasn't loving. She wasn't peaceful. She was a knife-wielding maniac who was attacking another black life. And the white officer said, well, what was LeBron James's response in a quickly- erased tweet there's here's lebron james he quickly deleted this he now that's a picture of the cop who justifiably shot micaiah right there here's lebron you're next hashtag accountability threatening law enforcement he quickly deleted that but it's exactly what he meant and let's look at how lebron actually lives put it up there for me there you go lebron james is 50 million million twitter followers 50 million lebron james threatened police threatens police officers in a tweet argues the system is racist and corrupt also lebron james as he travels though what is he surrounded by back to me ready whoops surrounded by cops himself Surround, hates the cops, but calls the cops, just like Hollywood, hates the cops, wants to defund the, what are you going to do for security then? What, you know how many, how many cops are working every single game that he plays at and he wants to defund them? See, these people are so absolutely, they're out of their minds. They're, they're pathological liars. They live in a pathologically delusional state where they think that they're going to defund the police and still call 911 and the police will come. Seriously. I mean, who called? Let's ask this. Who was it that called the Columbus Police Department to the home of uh, to to McKay, to McKay's home? 
Micaiah's home. Who called? Uh, somebody in their home called. A, a black person called the white police officers there. And what was what was they what were they saying on the 911 call? This woman is a, this girl, 16-year-old girl, two years away from being an adult, is wielding a knife and trying to stab people. That's on the 911 call. So it wasn't the cops showing up and hunting anybody down. It was black people calling the Columbus Police Department. Whether the white, whether it's a white officer or a black officer came, doesn't matter. They called the police officer. It wasn't the police officer driving down the road going, I want to hunt down black people today. That's how LeBron thinks. That's, that's how he thinks. We'll, I'll show you the stats in a minute, what's really true. Let's look at the NBA. Put that up there. All right, the NBA has suffered another ratings disaster with ABC falling 45% since the 2011-12 season, while TNT is down 40% and ESPN is off 20%. Good. This is exactly how it has to go. You cannot go back. You cannot. You can Don't go back and watch MLB. Nothing. Don't. Listen, don't watch anything. You, I mean, you're like, well, you know, I want to be, I want to be entertained. You, listen, radical times call for radical measures. Your country is at stake. Law enforcement, listen, the rule of law is at stake. I'm telling you right now, they're, they're not going to be able to hire cops. They're going to have to lower eligibility so much. Like when, when I was a cop, you couldn't have, you know, prior this or prior that. You couldn't have used drugs. Couldn't do all this. They're going to take everybody now because nobody, nobody's going to apply to be a law enforcement officer. Nobody. Why would you ever want to be alone? If you don't have qualified immunity, why in the world they've taken that away from the largest police department in the United States, the NYPD? You have no more. You think they're going to be the last ones? You think Minneapolis, St. Paul Police Department is going to have qualified immunity for the rest of this year when you've got Merritt Idiot Garland from the Joe Idiot Biden administration going there to investigate them? You really think you will? It's not going to happen. Why, why would anybody, listen, it, it's all at stake right now. It's, it, you, you gotta be inconvenienced. Listen, I missed football when I first stopped watching it three years ago. I don't miss it at all now. I don't watch any professional sports with the exception of the UFC. That's all that I watch. I'd be open to some other ones if I found out where they stand, but hockey caved? Don't, don't you forget now. Don't, don't think that hockey didn't cave. Hockey completely caved last year. I covered it all. Kneeling to Black Lives Matter, MLB, kneeling to Black Lives Matter, NFL basically starting Black Lives Matter and kneeling to Black Lives Matter. I won't watch that crap, and I won't watch it either because I'm not going to. It's not only that, but it's the two-tier. It's the two-pronger. There's a bunch of stupid empty stadiums with cardboard cutouts and they're, you know, all practicing COVID mitigations. So they're all a bunch of, a bunch of people, a bunch of goofballs playing in empty stadiums. No thank you. Well, they're not empty, Tom. There's 2,500. 2,500 people in a stadium for 25,000? That equals empty. All right, here's some of the big name responses to the um, Columbus shooting. Put that up there for me. Valerie Jarrett. Now, who is this woman? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Got a frog in my throat. She writes, she's the former chief of staff for Barack Hussein Obama. A black teenage girl named Micaiah Bryant was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight, demand accountability, fight for justice. All right, Valerie, what was he supposed to do exactly? Wait. 
She said he immediately shot her. So there's still photo of her back like this, ready to run that knife into the girl, into the girl with the pink sweatsuit on. And he, and so the police officer shot her immediately. And he's and the former chief of staff for Barack Hussein Obama is saying it's wrong for him to have shot her immediately. And cops, you're going to work in these cities. People, you're going to live in the, let, let them have it. Let throw it to the dogs. Let them have it. Let them have their cities. Let them defund the police. Let them live in it. I'm tired of it. it. Actually, Aaron actually told me this. The guy who's running this podcast right now, he told me this a while ago. But what Democrats do is depend on us to be the adults in the room. They do. They think that we're going to always, you know what, we're going to, you know, okay, you guys cry about defunding the police and maybe you'll cut a million here and million there, but we'll still keep the police there for you. We'll still live there and open up our shops and run our businesses and do all those things. We'll get our insurance and when Black Lives Matter burns them all down, we'll get our insurance and we'll build them back again. They depend on us to be the adult in the room. We're, we're not going to be that anymore because you know what? Eventually, it's not even eventually. It's always been what you're doing is enabling them. They get to go out and play in their playground and then come back and put you in prison, by the way, when you don't play by their rules and you are there to save the community. Listen, cops, I'm telling you, it's time for either a change of career or a change of venue. Get the heck out of these cities immediately. Oh, you got that still photo? What was he supposed to do? Put that up there for me. Good, I'm glad you have that. There we go. So the cop, according to Valerie Jarrett, shot her. I'll read it again. Just leave that photo up. Valerie Jarrett, chief of staff, Barack Hussein Obama, a black teenage girl named Micaia Bryant. That's the girl, the rather large girl right there, wielding a knife. Does that look like she's aiming to miss? Was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her? What's the cop supposed to do? What exactly is he supposed to do? Keep that picture ready here because I want to flash back and forth on that. All right, Ryan James uh, Gerdusky tweet. There you go. Sorry about your last name, Ryan. The liberal case for letting black girls stab one another. Here we go. Defund it from a blue check mark Twitter account. Defund and abolish police. Refund our communities. Go ahead. Uh, you bring it back to me just a second. Go ahead. I, I'm telling you, Republicans, conservatives, or anybody in the middle of the road, go ahead. Let them do it. Let them defund, abolish, and refund their communities. Go ahead. Their murder rates are up 25 to 35% in all of those cities. Let them do it. Bye-bye. We well, can't let them. No, let them do it. What else are you going to do? They're going to do it anyway. Let them do it. Stop fighting it. Quit being the adult in the room and letting them be the juvenile delinquents that they are. Let them go. Let them have it. Give not that which Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Give not that which is holy under the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. That should sound very familiar. You stay there. I don't care. It has nothing to do with color. It has to do with attitude, trashy attitude. If, you're, if you want lawlessness, because listen, there's plenty of white people, plenty of idiot white people marching down the road with their, all their, their entire faces blacked out, their black outfits, Antifa people that want this. Put that back up, Aaron. There you go. They want this. Let them have it. White or black, I don't care. <clears throat> Let them have what they want. Teenagers have been ha having fights, including fights involving knives for eons. Oh, yeah. I remember all the knife fights I had when I was a teenager. 
Oh, yeah, one right after another. Oh, so, oh, I had a knife. Oh, wait, Tom, when did you have a knife fight? I had a knife fight on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this week. Skip Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, but maybe I'll have another one Saturday or something. Maybe I'll have a knife fight after church on Sunday. We do not need police to address these situations. Fine. By showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of our teenagers, y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. No, no, Bree Newsom, that's the person writing that. We don't need the help. The thing is, you know what? I'm just, we don't need the help, nor are we going to be there to help you anymore. <clears throat> I remember putting out the tweet of the defund the police crowd that hired the police for their own security. See, idiots like that woman there, she honestly believes that after you defund the police and get rid of the police, she'll be able to call 911 and the police will come. That's how they are. You're like, how could anybody believe that? Because they are, they've been so enabled their entire life. They just, they just believe in the mythology of things. They just believe that there's a great they out there. They've just been enabled their entire life. Nobody's ever told them the truth. So when they get rid of the police, they honestly believe they'll call 911 and the police will come to save them. That's the way they are. Next one, red state. Hot takes Cori Bush, Congresswoman, unwittingly hands GOP a gift with her take on Columbus shootings. Put that up there. Micaiah Bryant was 16-year-old baby. She was shot and killed by police yesterday. This is why no single verdict can deliver justice. Convictions don't save lives. Convictions don't end violent policing. Violent policing. Aaron, you got the still photo for me again? So you can put that, the stabbing photo. There you go. There you go. That, okay, so violent policing, huh? What, this girl wasn't violent? What was he supposed to do, Corey Bush? What exactly was he supposed to do? All right, put her pick back up. Put Corey back up there. There you go. There she is prancing around like the goofball she is. All right, put that next one up here. There you go. Put it up there. There you go. Here's another one. Dude, just tag them. This is Jamal, Jamel Hill. She's a classic. Just tagged them. Subtweeting is immature. Jamel Hill writes, she's a major Black Lives Matter advocate. If you find yourself justifying killing children, you are a blank. Probably worse than that, but let's start here. Now, right above, you have Planned Parenthood, who, of course, kills more black people than anybody on the planet, not even close. And, and here's the thing, supported by the Democratic Party, who puts a Planned Parenthood on every street corner in every urban center in America. And you want to talk, the number one, and you're worried about black officers? It's not even close. Here's some more hypocrisy for you. Squad members collectively spend thousands on pr private security while pushing to defund the police. They are all exactly the same. I'm telling you, they all believe it. They all think they're going to defund the police and still have security. They're endlessly surrounded by police. Now, here's what happened right away in Columbus. Put that up for me. Shields Wall March in Columbus. Do you have the video? No. Okay. We're supposed to have a video of that, too. I don't know what happened to all this stuff, but we're supposed to have videos for it. All right. Shields Wall in Columbus, Ohio, outside PDHQ, after an officer-involved shooting of a 15-year-old girl earlier today. Initial reports say had a knife and charged the officer. There was the initial report. Now, that right there, that right there is, oh, good, Aaron. Good job. Put that up for me. Here's, here's the march. This occurred about three hours after the shooting. And flashback to the tweet, Aaron. 
There you go. Now look at look at uh, look at look at the initial reporting. Initial reports say the officer had I mean the girl had a knife and charged at the officer. That was factually incorrect. All right. The, the initial reports even earlier than that was that the officer shot her. The knife was already on, on the ground when the officer shot her. That was incorrect. And that causes this. Now, you have to ask yourself, if this march was orchestrated about three hours after the shooting or less, how did all that? How did all of that equipment get there? How did all those boards get made? How did this all get organized in the matter of just a few hours? And you have what are we looking at? Oh, yeah, look at CL. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. It's just pointed out. Look at the signs with the dove up there. It says, end qualified immunity. I'm telling you, it will be the end. And all of these people, you're freezing there, right there. All of these people, they will all call 911 and think that the cops will come after they've ended law enforcement. They will all think like that. Bring it back to me. You thinking, Tom, you're being hyperbolic. There's no way. There's no way. That, that anybody would want to end all off. Yes, they do. They say it out loud. AOC says it out loud. Ayanna Presley, all of it, Rashida Tlaib called for the end of the military, the end of law enforcement, and the end of all prisons. So I guess Rashida Tlaib wants a child rapist. Well, you know what? I won't even go that extreme. How about just uh, uh, any sexual offender, any murderer, no prison. How does that work in somebody's mind? These are the people that are governing they own the House of Representatives, they own the Senate, they own the White House, and for all intents and purposes, own the Supreme Court. It's the way, so what are the true numbers? So everybody's all upset, right? Well, here's this is from John Cordillo, and this actually comes also from Bernard Carrick. This is actually from Bernard Carrick, but a John Cordillo tweet. Here's the actual numbers. Out of 50 million, get that now, 50 million police suspect interactions and 10 million arrests. <laughs> the police in the United States shot 1,021 people in all of 2020. Get the numbers. 50 million suspect interactions. Bring that back to me for just a second, but keep that handy. So that's suspect interactions. That's not law enforcement interactions. That's suspect interactions. Do you know how many law enforcement interactions there are per year? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions right here in Sarasota County, Florida, which is a community of about 350,000 people. We would pull 100 to 150,000 case numbers per year. That's not even interactions. Interaction, you don't pull a case number for stopping a car for speeding. You don't pull a case number for stopping it at, a, at a car that's broken down and fixing a flat tire. You don't pull a case number for somebody walking up to your car and talking to you. This is actual suspect, police suspect interactions. 50 million per year. That's police namely being called to a situation where there's a suspect. I'll put the slide back up. So there was a total of, after 50 million interactions with suspects, not, not, not car stops. I want, everybody, I want everybody to grab a hold of the numbers involved here. Not car stops. This is 50,000 police interactions with suspects. You had 1,000 people shot, which, by the way, I've told you, told you this a couple times. The numbers are ostensibly the same. Every year, there's about 1,000 people killed by the police. 2020, 2019, 2018, 17, 16, 15, 14. If some reason, we're stuck at 1,000. Fatally shot by the police. There's the numbers. 983 males, 38 females, 
457 white people, 243 black people. That's not fair, Tom, because right there shows you the systemic racism right there. White, white people make up 70% of the population. Black people only make up 13% of the population. Problem is that black people commit 60% of all violent crime. Leave the numbers up. I'm going to talk over them. Yeah, leave them up. There you go. So, you have, so black people commit 13% of the population. Black commits 60% of all violent crime. So they're going to have a whole of that 50 million right up there. Police suspect interactions. They're going to be over 60% of those themselves. So it's not an unfair number. It's got nothing to do with race. It has to do with culture. If 13% of the population commits 60% of the violent crime, they commit 56%. 13% of the population commits 50, 56% of the murders in this country are black, are black people. And here's the, here's the interesting thing about it. If you look over the unarmed suspects fatally shot by police, and people think it's 10,000 per year. It was 18. In 2020, what was it in 19? Nine. In, in, 20, in 2019, it was 19 white, white people killed while being unarmed. And it was nine black people, nine total, not 9,000. You can bring it back to me now. Not 9,000, not 900, nine. And, and it, what, wait, sorry, Aaron, put that slide back up. How many were this year? Nine, was it 18? So we have 18 total this year. 18 total last year, 18 total. And there's systemic racism. Look at it this way. There's 14,000 murders per year in the United States. 14,000. Seven, this is the simple mathematics to it. 7,000 of those, seven plus thousand, it's almost 8,000, but just for sim simplicity of conversation. Of the 14,000 murders per year in the United States, 7,000 of them, the victim is black. Of those 7,000 victims, 97% of them were killed by other black people. Whoops! Systemic racism in the black community then? 97% of homicide victims in the black community were victimized by other black people. Last year, 18 black people were killed while unarmed by the police. That doesn't mean, by the way, they stayed unarmed. That means they could have been reaching for a gun, a Michael Brown scenario where they're yanking on, Dar on Darren Wilson's gun, trying to pull it out of his holster, and they call him unarmed? That's not unarmed. In, in, in almost every single one of these cases, it's adjudicated where the officer was found not to be at fault. And it's blatantly obvious because everybody's wearing body cams now, just like the shooting in Columbus. It's blatantly obvious who was at fault. And it was the knife-wielding maniac that was at fault. All right, shifting to COVID, another great threat. And just remember, it's all, it's all lies. It's whatever they can use to get you to believe and buy into their agenda. It's not even getting you to believe and buy into their agenda. You have to speak their agenda. You have to adopt their lies. You need to speak their lies. It's never good enough that you just live with their lies. They want you to speak their lies, believe their lies, espouse their lies, preach their lies. That's what they want. And whether they're using COVID, which is a bold-faced lie, yes, there's a disease, yes, there's a virus, but our response to it is an absolute travesty. It's an absolute joke. It's actually laughable. If you know the facts, it's a laughable response. And that's blasphemous to people. I don't care what anybody thinks. I have the facts right in front of me. All right, Tony Martin tweet. This is our last chance. Take note, take notice of Dr. Mike Yielden. Play it for me. Lies to you once or twice. We're probably quite used to politicians occasionally telling white lies and we kind of let them. 
But when they lie to you about something technical, something that you can check, and they do so repeatedly over months, and they do it over many, many elements of the, whole, of the same event, please, you've got to believe me in not telling the truth. And if they're not telling the truth, that means there's something else afoot. And I'm here today to tell you that there is something very, very bad happening. Uh, and if you don't pay attention, you will soon lose any chance to do anything about it. And don't say you weren't warned, because I've been warning people as long as I can and as hard as I can, that you can still, right now, take your normal society back. You can take it back tomorrow. You don't need masks. They don't work. Forget lockdowns. They never slowed transmission, which took place mostly in institutions like hospitals <coughs> and care homes. You don't need to be vaccinated by uh, inadequately tested and somewhat dangerous gene-based spike protein-inducing proteins. Uh, and you don't need to do what you're told by corrupt scientists who are apparently advising our, our government. If you don't do that in the next few weeks, it will be over. I believe if we get to a point of a so-called vaccine passport, I think you will have lost the chance to take it back and you will regret it. There you go. Now, that's not just somebody, it's not some preacher down in Inglewood, Florida, ex-cop preacher down in Inglewood, Florida. That's a doctor telling you masks do nothing and you had better watch. And there was absolutely no reason to lock down. It never, it never does anything ever. I've shown graph after graph after graph after graph. It doesn't matter whether what state you go to or what country you go to, whether they locked down or they didn't, the graph goes like this and goes like that because it's a virus and viruses endlessly mutate, endlessly mutate. And I want you to know something funny about the mutations, whether you've got the, I don't know, I'm just making some of this up, but some of it's true. You got the UK variant, you know, the Italian variant, the Spanish variant, the Brazilian variant, whatever it may be. It's always fine to name the variant by its name, but it's never been okay to call it the China virus. I wonder why that is. It's the same reason why LeBron James will attack white police officers for alleged controversial shootings, but says absolutely nothing about the rapist, uh, murdering, concentration camp uh, wielding CCP in China because there's way too much money. And right there, it just brings up a Bible verse. First Timothy chapter six, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They're too cowardly to say anything about what really is happening, but they will speak to whatever it is that benefits them. But back to COVID. All right, Jack Posobiec, going under a different name now, resigned, breaking, news thread, Governor Whitmer, wretched witless, Governor of Michigan, vacationed to Florida. Here we go again. I gotta, we got to create some, some, some things around here, like a hypocrite bell or something, because here's another hypocrite alert. She's telling everybody, lock down, lock down. You're not allowed to travel. Governor Whitless, wretched Whitless, vacationed to Florida during Michigan's COVID-19 surge, despite telling Michiganders to stay home and avoid trouble, travel. Now, wh why would she do that? It's life-threatening. It's life or death. You're going to die if you go out there. She's not afraid. Hence the reason. I tell you, it's all lies. It's simply purveyors. It's simply conveyances into their progressive, globalist, Klaus Schwab, WEF agenda. They're all in it together. Wretched Whitless, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, Tom Wolf, Phil Murphy, name one right after another. 
Justin Trudeau. They're all talking great reset. They all are. She's not scared. I mean, you think about it. If she actually believed all of her COVID rhetoric, would she dare travel, especially to Florida, free Florida, where there's where it, there's not nearly the, the restrictions that there are in Michigan. I was about to say where there are no masks, but that's a lie. There's masks everywhere in Florida. Everywhere I go, everyone's masked. And you think it's free down here. It's not. It's way better than there. And Ron DeSantis told people from day one, you don't have to wear a mask, but all the idiots are still wearing them. Did you say idiots, Tom? You passed your church. Don't care. They are idiots. You wear a mask, you're an idiot. If you wear one voluntarily... Again, not if you have to wear one for your job or you have to go in for your doctor's appointment. I'm talking about you wear one because you think you're saving lives or you quarantine because you think you're saving lives or you locked your church down because you think you're saving lives. You're an idiot. It's as simple as I don't care. Don't, I don't even care about you. Well, we wanted to see for a little while to see how serious it was. You're an idiot. There's never a reason to lock down. That's why I never did. All right, Dave Rubin, tweet. This is how evil spreads. These are bad brainwashed people, and there is a disease of the mind spreading across the West. This is up in Canada. Play for me. Moving forward, police will have the authority to require any individual who is not in a place of residence to first provide their purpose for not being at home and provide their home address. Police will also have the authority to stop a vehicle to inquire about an individual's reason for leaving their residence. And our inspectors will also be ensuring that those who absolutely must come to work are strictly following the public health measures. For our employers and employees, take note. This yeah, is your last right warning. Uh, if someone sees uh, um, employees, take Can everybody hear me? Yeah. All right. Look at that guy. You're going to have that guy right there, Poindexter. Poindexter McLeod here. This idiot is going to control your life. I mean, who on earth would ever, ever abide by anything this idiot says? Why, why would anybody ever listen to him? And don't say that you haven't when you have. You strapped a mask on your face, or you locked your church down, or you quarantined. You let goobers like this Poindexter tell you what to do. Why would you ever do that. It doesn't sound like that you're being very Christ-like right now. Really? Have you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 1? Leave Poindexter up there. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. That's the end of the Bible verse. Now I'll add my own two cents. Buy Poindexters like this. Play it for me. Take note. This is your last warning. Uh, if someone sees uh, no, it's your last warning. Uh, their neighbors uh, breaking these, these new regulations um, and, and having a party in their yard, that sort of thing, should, should people call police on their neighbors? If it means saving lives, then I think we have to think about what your social responsibilities are as an individual to make sure that you don't empower other people and invite a whole bunch of individuals to your home. Let me talk directly to you guys, you Ontario, Canada <laughs> legislators. You guys are evil Nazi motherfuckers, okay? You understand what we just heard there? You should snitch on people Rewind at the end. Rewind again. Police. To your home. Let me talk there directly you to you guys, you Ontario, Canada legislators. You guys are evil Nazi motherfuckers. One more time. Okay? You understand, guys, you Ontario, Canada <laughs> legislators. You guys are evil Nazi motherfuckers. Okay, you understand what we just heard there? You should snitch on people at the end. 
Police now will be empowered to just pull you over and ask whatever they want. If they see someone not at home, they can basically ask for your papers and what you're doing out on the street. How do you think evil spreads? This is how evil spreads. These are bad brainwashed people and there is a disease of the mind spreading across the West. Amen, that is exactly correct. Exactly correct. Put that next one up. Here's the checkpoints in Ontario for you. There you go. How you like that? Nice job, lockdown quarantine Christians. Nice job by, by capitulating, collaborating, and cooperating. Look what they got. That's all for COVID, everybody. That's for COVID. That's, they're not looking for an active shooter. There was no armed robbery with two dead suspects. This is for COVID. A virus with a, allegedly according to that legislator in Ontario, we want to save lives, anything to save lives. Snitch on your neighbors. Call the brown shirts. Call the Gestapo on your neighbors because they're having a party to save lives. Save lives. It's a 99.997% survivable post-infection survivable virus. And look at the idiot cops with their own masks on outside. How dumb can you be and still suck oxygen through your pie chute? What in the world is going on? That, that's a Democratic Republic-esque country north of us. And don't think it can't happen here because you got wretched witless in charge of states. Gavin Newsom in charge of states. Here's some nurses up in Ontario responding to this stuff. Play it for me. The still face experiment has proven the devastating psychological damages this has on babies. Without seeing facial expressions, they're distraught, emotional, and fearful. They are scared of the very people that are meant to keep them safe, secure, and loved. It's the more that we keep continuing to stand up, we're not backing down, we're not being bullied by these guys. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to show that we cannot be broken. How many nurses do you think share your opinion, but they dare not speak out because they, quite frankly, can't afford to have their livelihood cancelled? What do you think it is based on the discussions you have with your colleagues? Do you want Canada, globally? Whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> no, there, there's thousands. We're in multiple um, groups um, globally, and uh, there, there's thousands. There's thousands of healthcare workers, nurses out there. We do not comply. We stand firm. We stand united. And enough is enough. Hey, man, enough is enough. All right, put the next one up, Aaron Form Steve Scalise tweet. Now, here's the thing you need to understand. Look at this. Democrats voted against requiring illegal immigrants who crossed the border to get a COVID test before being allowed to fly all over the country. But they make American citizens coming back from Mexico get one. Their double standards are outrageous. So let's look at that real quick. So allegedly, this is the plague of a lifetime. According to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, this is the plague of a lifetime. Wretched, witless, all of them, all of which break COVID. I don't think I've ever seen Joe, well, Joe Biden definitely on mask mandates. He's broken it numerous times. Kamala Harris, all of them break it. So here's the thing. So allegedly this is the plague of a lifetime and they're scared to death, but they're allowed, allow illegal immigrants across the border, do not test them, load them on planes and fly them all over the country by the hundreds of thousands. You know how much they're spending per week to cage children? $60 million per week to cage children. There's, there's tens of thousands of them. About, I can't remember exactly how many are in custody right now. Not kids, but illegal immigrants. I think it's 170,000. And I can't remember how many kids 
20-something thousand, I can't remember, but it's $60 million per week just for the kids. Just for the kids. They're getting them hotel rooms. Everything. Well, the kids all get to stay in their plastic cages. Everybody else gets hotel rooms paid for by Joe Biden, $60 million per week per, you know, for, for the kids alone. But then they, So they say this is the plague of lifetime. Don't test them. Send them all over the country. Why? Aren't they scared? It's the plague of a lifetime. They're sending them to Democrat states, Republican states, Republican cities, Democrats. It doesn't matter. Sending them all over. I, I thought they were scared. And couldn't, this, couldn't one of their relatives catch the Rona? Couldn't one of their relatives catch the Kung flu at any moment and then die immediately? Oh, wait, but they probably know that it's 99.99% survivable, right? Well, they do know that. But their agenda is use COVID to usher in the new world order. Usher in the Democratic Party agenda. The Democratic Party agenda is a cog in the wheel of Klaus Schwab's agenda, the WEF, the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab, the International Monetary Fund, the Great Reset. The Democratic Party is a cog in that wheel. So is the CCP. And it's all about ushering in, ushering in their agenda. If, if allowing, what they're doing is, is they're actually replacing their own voting base. Try not to go too wonky in this because I have a lot more material to get to. Well, what they're trying to do is replace their voting voting base. Black Americans, listen, their, their Democratic Party is trying to replace you because you are starting to wake up and move to conservatism. You're starting to wake up because you see Planned Parenthood uh, offices on every corner in every urban center. Number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. You're starting to wake up. They see that, so they've got to replace you. They don't believe COVID is a problem. They use COVID whenever they can to control to usher in their agenda. And when that's not needed, like right here, you think that COVID rules all, that's this deadly plague. Well, no, they know it isn't. What's really, what really matters to them is to bring in millions of illegal undocumented uh, aliens, make them legal and gives them a voting block for the next half century or more. That's what counts. So COVID doesn't matter to them when it comes to their agenda. COVID only matters to them to usher in their agenda. It was never, it was, because they know it's a fraud. They know that all the mitigations are frauds, lockdowns, quarantines, masks. They know that COVID tests, they know they're all a fraud. So when COVID isn't useful, they don't care about it because they know it's a fraud. What matters is their agenda. Where COVID can be used for their agenda, they use it. Where it's not useful there for their agenda, they let them fly all over the country, untested. Does everybody see it? I hope that you do. All right, break the code. Asymptomatic spread of COVID is a lie. Take off your mask. Stop getting tested and say no to the jab. Back to me real quick. It just came out two weeks ago from the, from the ever-reliable, uh, very much quote-unquote, sarcastically CDC, that you only have a 1 in 10,000 chance of catching COVID off of a surface. But they've told you now for months and months and months and months, now that we're on close to 14 months to flatten the curve, and we're supposed to be 15 days to flatten the curve, they've told you that asymptomatic spread, you wear a mask because you, want, you don't want to asymptomatically spread it to somebody else. You get the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask, you still have to lock down, you still have to quarantine because you could asymptomatically spread it to somebody else. Turns out that's all a lie. It's been a lie from day one. If you ever studied the studies, which I have back in March and April and May of last year, it already came out. And actually the World, the World Health Organization came out and acknowledged it, which you'll see on this video, then took it back that there is really statistics no asymptomatic spread. So why would you ever wear a mask? You can't spread COVID unless you are actively exhibiting COVID symptoms. 
It's as simple as that. Play it for me. Oh, she did have symptoms because she was taking anti-flu medications. We were quite pleased on the 8th of June when the World Health Organization acknowledged this. Maria van Kerkhover again gets up on stage and says asymptomatic. The data show that asymptomatic transmission of coronavirus is very rare. We have a number of reports from countries who are doing very detailed contact tracing. They're following asymptomatic cases, they're following contacts, and they're not finding secondary transmission onward. It's very rare. Only to be deflated the next day when she was forced back onto stage to walk back her statement, saying that there's still much we don't know, and our models show us that, and so on and so on. It's utter, utter nonsense. Again, Fauci knew this in the first quarter. He told the world that in the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. In all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. <laughs> and again, the literature catches up, and we see that in the real-world data, asymptomatic transmission is not a driver. So many people, when you put fear on the table, they're going to default to that because they're thinking about their immediate survival. And, and so when you start to seed people with the idea that if you contract this, you're going to die, it makes people very worried and says, oh, my God, I better get tested, um, even if I don't have any symptoms, because they're saying I might be able to transmit this asymptomatically. That's never been empirically proven. And in fact, there's... <laughs> And you notice Fauci is espousing that back early on and has gone completely reversed it, just like he did with masks. He says it's never been the driver, and now everything is based on asymptomatic spread. That's what's used to keep people in fear. Basically, the only thing you need to worry about is if you are showing symptoms of the flu, you should stay at home and not spread it around to people. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's, that was all the mitigation that was needed outside of the nursing homes. That's it. That's all that needed to happen so that you get to herd immunity. Why is Michigan the worst state in the union right now with the most strict lockdowns, the most strict mask rules and mitigations? Why is it? Why is it still locked down? State's really completely still locked down. Still can't attend normal church. Everybody's masked. Why, why do they have the worst COVID rate in the nation? Because they have no herd immunity. They lock down everything. So anytime you unlock down, you expose a bunch of people to COVID-19 flus, other coronaviruses, pneumonia, whatever else. You expose a bunch of people who have been locked down for months wearing a mask cutting back their own immune system, annihilating their, your immune system is supposed to be active and fed all the time. And instead, these people lock it down and suddenly these idiot governors, these totalitarian tyrants, then they say, open it up. And all of these people with deflated immune systems go out and are exposed to COVID and get sick. Well, yeah, what was supposed to happen was herd immunity where people get it normally, they're not locked down, they don't have, their immune system has not been lowered, and they get it with a full-fledged, fully-powered immune system. That's why about somewhere between 70-80% of people who are infected with COVID never know they have it, because they have strong immune system. All right, Jordan Schachtel tweet. Lockdowners killed. Get ready now. Now, all you compassionate, loving Christians, love thy neighbor. That's why we locked down. We closed our churches because we love people. Well, lockdowners, quarantiners, killed one quarter of a million kids in South Asia because they were afraid of a virus with a 99.8 to 99.9 recovery rate. Here's some, here's some information off the article. You can bring it back to me. Here's the article. COVID-19 disruptions 
killed 228,000 children in South in South Asia, says a UN report. That's a biased report. So you can probably put that time, you probably times that by three. Great job, Christians. Oh, you're so loving. Now what, now what else is happening? On just 270, get ready now, million people will starve to death. That's not, listen, that's not conjecture. That's not hyperbole. That's facts. You locked down, you caved, you cooperated, shut down this economy. You ever wonder why plywood is basically worth more than gold right now? Because you shut down economy. You can't just turn everything back on. The example that I always use is Dakin Dairy up in Bradenton, Florida, poured out a year's worth of supply of milk because they couldn't sell it because they couldn't bring it to stores. You couldn't, they, they weren't allowed to run their business. They shut down. There was nowhere to sell anything. When you do that, you, you're now a year behind. It's going to take who knows how long for plywood to go back to what it used to cost. We, we can't, we, we're trying to get Gatorade at Walmart's unavailable. There's some bigger containers, the ones we use, unavailable right now. Gatorade. Gatorade's water is unavailable. You think you, you, all you loving Christians, you're like, Tommy, you attack the church first? Yeah. Judgment begins with the house of God. Read the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. All you loving Christians and pastors, we're going we're gonna to show everybody. We're, we're, we're equal with Burger King and McDonald's and Wendy's. They're closed, so we're closed. The hardware store is closed, so the church of Yahweh, the mighty God of Israel, and Jesus Christ, his son, we're going to close too. We're so loving. Oh, you know what? You're locked down. Shut an economy down. You were doing it to save lives? Allegedly, according to the World Health Organization, the UN, there'll be 3 million people that have died, that have died of COVID. 270 million will starve to death because of you. You don't cooperate with tyranny and hide behind Romans 13. Romans 13 means when you see the blue lights behind you, pull over. Romans 13 does not mean bow your knee to Xi Jinping or any other tyrant like Joe Biden or John Kerry or Kamala Harris. That's not what Romans 13 is about. How can Romans 13 mean bow to tyrants when you sent money to China to the underground church, you hypocrite? You leave your church because of Romans 13 and you think you're loving? You're just like Beth Moore who thinks she's loving by leading other Christians not to vote for Donald Trump, the most pro-life president ever, and that includes Ronald Reagan. And then you usher in a president whose FDA currently right at this minute is selling fetal baby, baby parts. Great job. You're really loving Beth Moore. And the rest of you lockdown clowns and quarantine clowns and mask wearing clowns and pastor clowns who closed your churches. 228,000 kids so far have died because of you. 270 million people are slated to die because of starvation, because these third world countries depend on the economy that you closed down. Great job. You're so loving. And you look at someone like me as some sort of unloving, uncompassionate person. It's reversed, my friend. It's reversed. It's called having testicles. It's called having courage. Stand up, male or female, it's called having testicles. Be courageous. 
Lauren Bobart tweet. This is how you know that all we are seeing is bull crap. Read the bottom. Oscars, masks not required when cameras roll. Back to me. So when the cameras are on, they don't have to have their masks on. They're jammed into a tiny little theater. You know why? Because they're not scared. They know COVID isn't a killer. They're just using it to usher in progressivism, to usher in the mark of the beast, the new world order, the IMF, the WEF, the CCP, the PLA, Klaus Schwab, the new world order, the great reset. They all know it and they all want it. That's why they aren't worried. Oh, the cameras are on. Just we'll take our masks off. I thought they had this killer floating around in the air that could get you at any minute. They don't believe it. They just want you to believe it. All right, next one up. AOC and Representative Plumenauer Blumenauer, show off their matching uh, 420 fast, uh, face mask. See, this is how serious these people are. Really, it's a deadly virus, and that you're going to clown around and take selfies with your masks on. Two of the biggest tyrants. These two right here are two, I mean, you could not get more Stalinist than these two. It's all a big joke. Do you think she's really scared of COVID? Absolutely not. What are you trying to show me, Aaron? Oh, I didn't even know what 420 was. Oh, Aaron just pointed out to me. What is 420? It's like a pot holiday. Oh, 420 is some sort of pot holiday. So they both have pot leaves on their masks, and they're matching with one another. That's who's leading this country, by the way, right there. All right, next up. Right, let's switch over to Chauvin real quick. Kirk, a Kirk Slichter tweet. Let's add this to the giant help heaping pile of appellate issues. Back to me real quick. Let me, let me set this up a little bit. We know I have a list here. Here is how Derek Chauvin, by the way, not guilty of third-degree murder, not guilty of second-degree murder, not guilty of manslaughter. You want to charge him for something underneath those, you might have it. Maybe a battery, something like that. And, you know, that's it. Not guilty of any of those things. He doesn't. He, he have to have willfully killed a man to do those things. It didn't happen. You cannot asphyxiate somebody without asphyxiating them. I already went over that. But here's how he could win in the appellate court, maybe even all the way up to the Supreme Court. Remember these things. And what this Kurt Schlichter tweet says is, Let, let's add this to the giant heaping pile of appellate issues. These are issues that you can use upon appeal. And there's a bunch of them. $27 million was given to the Floyd family. The jury knew that. No change of venue. How do you try this case in downtown Minneapolis? They didn't change the venue. The jury was never sequestered, so the jury could watch social media. The only thing the jury was not allowed to do was watch the news. Nobody watches the news anymore. They go and scroll down Twitter. The judge didn't sequester the jury. Maxine Waters threatens the jury. Joe Biden urges the right decision. No mistrial declared after Waters threatens the jury. Very short jury deliberation. Jury, this was done in 12 hours? Three, three, separate, three separate offenses for the same offense. Three, they charged him with three separate statutes for the same alleged crime, which I've never seen before. And he still had a 12-hour jury deliberation. And then you have this statement by Jacob Fry. Play it for me. For being here today, as we await the verdict, there are several inescapable truths. Over this last year, our Twin Cities have experienced a barrage of trauma, all culminating with this trial and then the verdict. There's been pain and anguish, anger and frustration that is undoubtedly acutely felt by our black and brown communities. 
regardless of the outcome of this trial, regardless of the decision made by the jury, there is one true reality, which is that George Floyd was killed at the hands of police. So that said, and the jury heard it. Simple, simple as that. That's before deliberation. Before the decision was made, the jury heard that. So that is now also an appellate issue. He has got lots of shots at this, and people need to have the courage to do what's right. I, again, for the record, I don't think it was a well-handled police call at all. All you got to do is sit the man up on his butt. That's all you needed to do. So, again, I've been on lots and lots and lots and lots of police calls with 25 years of law enforcement experience. They did not handle the call well, but it wasn't a manslaughter. It wasn't a first-degree murder. It wasn't a second-degree murder. It wasn't a third-degree murder. Facts are facts. You had George Floyd had three times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his system, died of a cardiac arrest. Nobody can prove it's asphyxiation. He had 98% oxygen saturation in his blood. What, what artery was blocked? In order to asphyxiate somebody, you have to block off an airway or an artery, which is impossible to do from the rear of the neck. So how do you, how do you, how do you find somebody to be guilty of manslaughter via asphyxiation, second-degree or third-degree murder, murder via asphyxiation when there was no asphyxiation with 98% oxygenation in the lungs? Facts. What do you do? I mean, why won't these why won't these things break through? So you have J, you have Jacob Fry add on to the appellate appealable issues. Now let's look at how Black Lives Matter treats Jacob Fry. Play it for me. You have to take responsibility here. I've been coming to grips with my own brokenness in this situation, my own failures, my own shortcomings, and I know there needs to be deep-seated structural reform in terms of how the department operates. The systemic racist system needs to be revamped. The police union needs to be put in its place. We need to make sure that everything from the union contract to the way that the arbitration functions to the way that our officers and the culture and the department behaves. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Hey! Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? What did I say? We don't want no more police. It's that clear. We don't want people with guns toting around in our community, shooting us down. You have an answer. It is a yes or a no. It is a yes or a no. If y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. And if he says no, guess what the fuck we gonna do next year? These are classy people. Go home! Go home, Jacob! Go home! Go 
Gator gotta eat. You cannot be more liberal than this man right here. stuff at him. Threw stuff at him too. There you go. So that's that's what's coming for everybody. I'm going to tell you that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what rung you are on the ladder of wokeness. If you're not woke enough, you'll be down. I mean, I'm talking to, I'm, listen, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're an unwoke white person, unwoke black person, unwoke Latino person. It doesn't matter. If you're not woke where they want you to be woke, you will suffer the consequences. See, what they all want to do is they want to espouse a lie. Like defund the police. Like that woman said, we want no police at all. Fine. Give it to them for one thing. But then what they want you to do, like they'll say to you, men can be women and women can be men. Now you repeat after me because it's not about the truth. It's about humiliating you into lying. That's what it is. You think Jacob, Jacob Fry actually believes any of the rhetoric that he said that there's systemic racism in the Minneapolis Police Department when there's absolutely no evidence of systemic racism, racism in the Minneapolis Police Department, of which he was running for years prior to the George Floyd incident? But suddenly he believes there's systemic racism, in the, which, by the way, is run by a black police chief. But there's, there's systemic racism in the Minneapolis Police Department that's run by a black police chief. Do you think he honestly believed that in that crowd? Or he was telling them what they wanted to, to hear because of the consequences of not telling them what they want to hear. That's the trick behind it all. And it's invading the church too. Nobody will preach the Bible because it's too offensive. You're afraid of the consequences of standing up to the lies. Men are men, women are women. There is no systemic racism in law enforcement. Doesn't mean that there's not a racist here and a racist here, but it's certainly not systemic or you'd have the stats to prove it. There are no stats to prove it. In 2020, 18 unarmed black men were killed by the police. That's it, 18, not 1,800, not 180, not 18,000, 18. So there is no systemic racism. It's called facts. Here's the real Jacob Fry. Play for him. There he is. That's, that's the person leading Minneapolis. Those are the leaders of this country. That's the person who's been running Minneapolis. You think that you, th you want to stay there, police officers? You want to stay in that city, citizens? I wouldn't. And it, it's radical times. Get the heck out of there. If you, listen, here's what you do. You want a radical life? Trust in, trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Commit your life to him. And then you get Philippians 4.19 applying to you, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by, by, through Christ Jesus. So that's all you got to do. Get the heck out of there and trust in Jesus. Make him your Lord and Savior. 
and he'll supply your need. All right, RNC research. Democratic Congresswoman Maxine Waters, we know, who threatened the jury in the Chauvin trial with greater violence if they didn't have the, the result that she wanted, requested, though. However, Maxine Waters requested an armed police escort. Defund the police. Remember, I told you. They will sit there and try to defund the police, and she will make a phone call saying, where's my armed escort? And they'll tell her, hey, Maxine, you, these people are so entitled, they're blind. They're blind. They think once something's gone that it's still there. That's how stupid and entitled they are. She wants to defund police everywhere, but then calls for an armed escort to Minneapolis over the weekend that she went to go up and extort the jury. All right, next one, Daily Caller video. Here's the thing. Now, this is what went on in the Chauvin trial. This, is, this should have been a mistrial. Play it for me. So, um, I mean, but my phone gives me alerts on things that just happened. I mean, you can't avoid it. And it is so per pervasive that it is, I just don't know how this jury, it can really be said to be that they are free from the taint of this. Um, and now that we have U.S. representatives uh, threatening acts of, of of violence in relation to this specific case, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, Judge. Well, I'll give you that Congresswoman and Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. But what's the state's position? Your Honor, the state's position, first and foremost, and yeah, bring it back to me, who cares what the state's... There you go. The judge actually said what Maxine Waters said, which we, she, she said... If we don't get the verdict that we want, we need to become more confrontational. We need to be out in the streets. She says that's, that's her history. That's what she's always done. All right. Uh, Chad, uh, program tweet. House tables resolution. Here come the Democrats to censure Waters, censure Waters over her remarks, encouraging demonstrators to be confrontational regarding the Chauvin verdict. The vote was exactly on the party line. 216 Democrats voted no consequence whatsoever. For Maxine Waters and all 210 Republicans voted to censure Maxine Waters. Party line vote. There you go. That's where everybody stands. All right. This is about as good as you get. It's huge Tucker fan right here. This is Tucker on Maxine Waters. Play it for me. What is that? Well, it's totalitarian, and we should be honest about it. Too often, Republicans waste time highlighting the hypocrisy of the left. Is BLM more dangerous than the fake insurrectionists who showed up at the Capitol on January 6th? Well, yeah, obviously. Is Maxine Waters greater of, guilty of greater incitement than Donald Trump? Well, of course. But that's not the point. People like Maxine Waters don't care if you point out that they're hypocrites. They don't care if you catch them lying. You're wasting your breath when you point this out. They are not ashamed. They never will be ashamed. So how do you respond to people like this? Well, the only thing you can do is tell the truth about who they are. Maxine Waters is someone who supports mob violence. She always has supported it. We have known this. Almost 30 years ago, when race riots leveled huge parts of Los Angeles, Maxine Waters cheered them on. People want to know why I'm not saying exactly what they want me to say, she said at the time. They want me to walk out in watts like black people did in the 60s and say, cool it, baby, cool it. Well, I'm sorry. The fact of the matter is, whether we like it or not, riot is the voice of the unheard. It was quite a riot. 58 people were killed during those riots in 1992. Many more were seriously injured. One of those most seriously injured was a man called Reginald Denny. He was beaten nearly to death. He was left with permanent brain damage. Why? Because he looked the wrong way. He had the wrong color. 
A mob pulled him out of his truck and smashed his skull with a cinder block. It happened on camera. If you haven't seen it, here it is. The one image that I will never get over, it, go to, uh, it will go to my grave with me. And that's the image of uh, Reginald Denny being pulled out of his truck and being beaten mercilessly. Denny would undergo multiple surgeries to repair the extensive damage to his face. How, how could you watch that and not feel sick? No normal person could. But Maxine Waters defended the men who did that. The ringleader of the mob who pulled Reginald Denny out of his truck was a man called Damian Williams. The day that the jury was set to deliver a verdict in the Williams case, Maxine Waters visited Damian Williams' home and offered her support. Quote, we have an opportunity for justice to prevail, Waters said. In the end, Williams served only a short part of his sentence. He was released from prison. Then what do you think happened? He went on to murder someone else. Waters has paid no price for this. She kept rising in the Democratic hierarchy. No one told her to stop inciting violence. So naturally, she did. A few years ago, she called for mobs to attack Trump supporters. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. These aren't aberrations. This is a decades-long theme. What do we conclude from it? The obvious, Maxine Waters doesn't believe in the Western understanding of justice or self-government. She believes in mob violence for political ends. That's why she's been calling for it for decades. How has the Democratic Party responded to this? They've rewarded her for it. Maxine Waters is now the chairman of one of the most powerful committees in the entire Congress, the House Financial Services. Maxine Waters oversees Wall Street. That was her reward. Tonight you're hearing Republicans call for Maxine Waters hey, to lose her chairman. Now, the perfect way to segment, segment to the next thing. Antifa Watch put that up there for me. Google Reginald Denny. Play it for me. This just happened. This is right. This is after. Aaron, freeze it real quick. Let me just talk over this. Now, let me just tell you. This is after the Chauvin conviction. This is after he has already been convicted of manslaughter, second-degree murder, and third-degree murder. This is after it has already come out. He has already been convicted. It has already come out. The jury had already made their decision. It is a done deal. And this is the way that BLM still acts. Remember Reginald Denny. Play it for me. in Minneapolis, let it go. Let these people have the city that they want. Get the heck out of these cities. They don't want the police. They hate you. Get the heck out of these cities. All right, and what we're going to do is skip it. I want to do one thing before we go tonight because I want desperately for you to see this video. So I'm skipping ahead on some stuff. We're going to go to that 60 Minutes video Aaron way up ahead 
If you can find it, good. Now what we're going to do, that might be the end of it. So remember, we've got to start at the start of it first. There you go. So I want to do this before we go. I want you to see this, and I want, this should sound eerily familiar to you. This is about vaccines. You got all the talk about vaccine passports, which, is, which of course, is either, it is definitely the, the greasing of the skids to the mark of the beast. And again, great job, lockdown pastors and lockdown churches, quarantine, mask wearing, virtue signaling Christians. Great job. You've ushered us right to the precipice of the mark of the beast with vaccine passports. Oh, it'll never happen here. Listen, Canada is in conversations right now with their G7 partners about vaccine passports. They're already in Israel, the entire country, already in the entire country of Denmark, already in the entire country of China. China calls their COVID passports the same thing that Israel does. They're called green passes. You have the Excelsior passes in New York City. So don't tell me. Don't tell me it's not coming here. It, we can keep it from coming here. We can stand up. If we only had Christians that actually read their Bibles and had courage instead of community partners, good neighbors and cooperators and collaborators with Anthony Fauci and the CDC, you're supposed to stand up, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 17. That's what you're supposed to do. So here you have vaccines and this should sound eerily familiar to you. Play it for me. Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion dollars because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday as it, if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. 
but this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died, allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. In other GBS victims, the crippling effects diminish and all but disappear. But for Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Now, I notice that your smile, Judy, is a little bit constricted. Yes, it is. Is it different from what it used to be? Very different. I have uh, a greatly decreased mobility in my lips. And uh, I can't drink through a straw on the right-hand side. I can't blow out birthday candles. Uh, I don't whistle anymore, for which my husband is grateful. It may be a little difficult for you to answer this question, but have you recovered as much as you are going to recover? Yes, this, this is it. So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs for the rest of your life? Yes, the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay. So Judy Roberts and her husband have filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're asking $12 million, though they don't expect to get nearly that much. Judy, why did you take the flu shot? I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way to prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized. Where did this so-called deadly variety of flu, where did it first hit back in 1976? Yeah, switch the other flu shot. I think the government knows it's wrong. If it drags out long enough, that people will just give up. <laughs> Let it go. I, I am a little more adamant in my thoughts than my wife is because uh, I asked, told Judy to take the shot. She wasn't going to take it, and uh, she never had had shots. And uh, I'm mad with my government because they knew the facts, but they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken them. And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic and they can drop off like flies to next to me. I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take. All right, back Meantime. to me. So let's look at this real quick. But why did she take the shot? Because she was told that everybody's going to die with the swine flu. Everyone's going to die. Basically, nobody died of the swine flu. Simple as that. So that's why she took it. She had a husband. She's never taken a shot in her life. She has somebody talk her into it. So now she has, she needs to trust in Jesus, get those braces off her legs. That, that. That is a fact. Jesus, take care of that. But that's not where she's at. So she'll have those braces on for the rest of her life because she trusted in something. And the government knew that there was problems long before they issued it. You, listen, if you can, you need to go. It, it's on This video is on Facebook. It's in numerous places on YouTube. Need to watch the whole thing. It's only like 14 minutes long. I couldn't show you the whole thing because they go and they interview government officials who acknowledge that they knew that it could do this and they didn't tell a freaking soul. Well, that couldn't happen today. Really? Aaron, put up the national file tweet for me. There you go. A new study claims that the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine has long-term health effects not previously, get ready, disclosed, including ALS, Alzheimer's, and other neurological degenerative diseases. Whoops! Why would you ever take a vaccine? For a virus with a 99.9% post-infection survival rate. 
Because some degenerate like Bill Gates, Bill Gates, that woman was paralyzed for six months. Bill Gates is responsible for the paralysis of over 400, I'm reading it right here, 496,000 children worldwide. That is a fact. That is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's out in social media everywhere. Bill Gates has never sued him over it because it's facts. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with Billy. Why would you ever take it? You don't think they're hiding things from you? Aaron said this right before the show. You could see this in a future, uh, in the future with, with lawyers' offices nationwide and local. Did you take the Pfizer vaccine? Did you take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and now have this or that? You, we, this is all part of a class action lawsuit. Don't do it. Don't, why would you take it? Well, because... Of what I said earlier, they lie to you and you're scared to stand up to the lie. What will be the social consequences? That's why most pastors close their churches. What will be the social consequences if I don't do it? Take your social consequences and jam them up your caboose and actually have a spine. Maybe by jamming them up your, your caboose, that will create a spine. Stand up. Don't take this stupid vaccine. I will never take it, ever. I will never close my church. I will never social distance, never. Not one time ever. I've never closed. I've never social distanced. I've never mitigated nothing, nor will I ever. You know why? Because, see, my God is the God of the Bible. So the word of God, the word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. The Bible is God. The Bible is the word of God. They're all synonymous. They're all together. There are three that bear witness in heaven. First John chapter five, verse seven, the father, the word and the Holy spirit. And these three are one. The Bible is God. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is Jesus. That's where I stand. We, you know, Tom would, would you go to jail for that? Absolutely. If you can catch me. Listen, I love each and every one of you. Stick around. We're going to show you some videos. I love you. I'll be back Saturday, 830. Remember now on YouTube, we delete the video right after we're done because YouTube's a bunch of totalitarians that will come and ban me. If we leave our videos up, they go back and research them and look them up and find excuses to ban you. Also, pretty, I think our, I'm going to give you a tentative date where you're shooting for the first Saturday, is it? Saturday in May? Yes. So what is that? May what? May 1st, we're shooting for May 1st to go live 10.30 at night on the Christian Television Network. Write that down somewhere. We'll be doing, we'll be doing this live too. We'll still be live on Facebook, still be live on YouTube, and possibly even more channels by then. We'll be live everywhere, but I'm going to fight against these, these totalitarian tech companies. I'm not putting up with it. They ban me all the time. We're way down in numbers because they won't let us grow. You try to share this video. They won't let you share it. I want everyone to try and share it anyway, but they won't let you. That's just what they've been doing for months because they're scared of the truth. But we'll be back with the truth. 830 Saturday night. Love you all. God bless you.